Hello and welcome to this week's edition of SBC This Week, a roundup of news and views from around the Southern Baptist Convention. SBC This Week is hosted by Amy Whitfield and Jonathan Howe. Hey, Jonathan, how's it going? Well, Amy, it's been a week. It has. It has indeed. Yes. And I'm not just talking about uh, what we'll talk about a little bit later about uh, what went on in D.C. Uh, from a personal standpoint, I've been fighting a kidney stone this week, and it's been a, a, a rough week. Let's just put it that way. I won't go into many details, but there's been a lot of meds involved and a lot of pain involved, and I'm hopefully back on the mend. Yes, and uh, I and our whole team has been praying for you on that because we've had a lot of times where, well, I think because we have a team call every every day. We have a kind of a daily rundown call for the communications staff. And some of these mornings, I think one, you know, a couple of them, you haven't been there. A couple of them, you've been there, but you haven't been there, if that makes <laughs> sense. So, um, I think that's fair. Yeah. So it's definitely been something that while obviously you were the most concerned of all because you could not get away from it, we, we all have been concerned for you. Yes. The good thing so, this week, Amy, working remotely yes. and not having to drive. So that's right. I have not had that's, the the heaviest machinery I've had to operate is this laptop, and that and that's very good for uh, the meds that you've had to be on. That's that's very good. Yeah. So it's been a remote work week. It's just been a, a strange week all around. And of course, that's being in North Carolina as I've been this week. It, it's a kind of a normal week for me. But with the uprise in cases, in COVID cases for Tennessee, the governor of Tennessee had come out a few weeks ago with some real concerns about that. And so as a result, a lot of people in Tennessee are working remote this week. And so I guess that timing has been helpful to you. Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. So, I mean, honestly, I I probably would have had to work remote regardless because there's no way I, I should have been behind a wheel of a car this but, week. But we're glad that you're doing better. And I'm going to tell you that today, as you sort of maybe on the mend now, and you um, were having this taken care of this morning, um, I be, I had begun to think, is this going to be our first time that we don't get, that we don't get it done? That we, that we don't get the show done on Friday. And I'd started to think through, what am I going to do if he's still just like completely knocked out? And I, I guess I'll have to just send out a tweet that says, hey, folks, hang tight. We're going to get it there tomorrow. You know, something like that. But we made it. And um, it'll be interesting to see what you have to say as we record this, this hour. <laughs> it'll be and, interesting to see if I can remember what I said. Right, I and, to, the, and, and let's I've got hope, to edit this thing too. I know. Let's hope we we don't have any major mistakes. I will still, I still ne- will never forget the time I was listening to one of our episodes, and I had just really messed up a name or a word, something like that. I had made a, a huge blooper, and I actually was listening to the podcast, and I heard everything, like the word I'm, I made the mistake on, me asking you edit to edit it out. Everything. I fixed it later, so, though. Yeah, so maybe I'm going to need to come back and check you on this one and uh and and make sure that yeah. you're taking care of everything. Or I'll try to make I'll try not to make any mistakes. Yeah, but we're we're good. I, I think I'm in a good spot right now, at least for the next 35 to 40 minutes. So, we'll see. But before we do get into our 
news this week. We do want to thank our sponsor. SBC This Week is sponsored each and every week by the Southwestern Baptist Theological Seminary, where you can get the theological training and the hands-on experience you need to thrive in ministry. Wherever and however God is calling you to serve the church and fulfill the Great Commission, Southwestern offers a degree path to equip you. Whether you're pursuing a bachelor, master's, or doctoral degree, Southwestern Seminary is here to walk alongside you as you live out your calling. You can find out more at swbts.edu. So uh, I, th- I think I'm going to be on campus next month, possibly over there at, at Southwestern. So i got a meeting that I might be at next month. So looking forward to seeing those guys, if so. And uh, looking forward to maybe some uh, Texas barbecue. Excellent. That so. That sounds really good. Yeah. All right. So let's jump into it. We mentioned it's been kind of a wild week in D.C. Uh, that's putting it mildly, I think. But uh, we have a story at Baptist Press this week where Southern Baptist leaders are reacting to the storming of the United States Capitol building. This is where, as you started out saying it's been a week, I'm sure everyone listening is nodding their heads. Wednesday was quite an emotional roller coaster day. Of course, I was already paying really close attention to what was going on just because this is something that's of great interest to me all the time. Um, uh, American government is something that I just love to watch. And and no matter what is happening, I enjoy the process. And so I was ready to track what was happening along with so many others. And I actually woke up a little bit concerned in the morning, just knowing that, um, knowing that there were going to be a lot of crowds. I was really more just so concerned for safety outside, for things that can happen, things that can escalate. I did not expect what unfolded. I thought, I thought it could escalate and get dangerous outside, but I did not. I did not anticipate what happened. And so it was just a startling, it was a startling day. Yeah. You didn't have domestic insurrection on your 2021 bingo card? I I did not. I did not. So um, a very, very difficult day in the life of our country. And so everyone was watching. And as it was happening, uh, a number of Southern Baptist leaders began to comment publicly on it. And so Baptist Press ran a story, Scott Barkley wrote that, that just kind of brought together what some different people were saying publicly, whether it was on Twitter or made a comment to Baptist Press, things like that. Just sharing different quotes from the grief of the moment to uh, sort of the the horror and then really calling out and asking the president to condemn what was happening and to help stop what was going on. Because so much of the, so much of the comments uh, we're actually being made in real time. That's what's pretty striking. This isn't just, you know, we're processing it now a couple of days later where we're still kind of reeling, but this story really tracks what people were saying in the moment. And so uh, it, it was a really, it, it was really tough, tough thing. And so they kind of put words to what a lot of folks were thinking. Yeah. You want to really try to question your sanity, try going through that when you're on meds, very strong meds trying to figure out, is this real or am I dreaming this? And it was not a dream. It, it was very, it was very real. Was I, I don't Just know shocking. about you, but right. I actually found myself to be pretty mentally exhausted yesterday. Oh, emotionally exhausted, mentally exhausted. Absolutely. Yeah. I, I think the most disturbing thing for me, and uh, we won't harp on this too much, but the most disturbing thing for me was to see what was going on and to see right there on the screen as this is happening, Big old signs that say Jesus saves 
and Jesus 2020. Right. And, and to have right. the, the name of Christ co-opted into this insurrection, uh, that, that hurt. That hurt a lot. Right. It was, it was extremely difficult. And then to know that, that that's something that a watching world. Yeah. Well, that, that's has, why it hurts. They, they have questions about. Yeah. Yeah. Because, I mean, the, the, what this does to the witness of Christ, not just here in the U.S., but around the world. I mean, think about seeing this, you know, if you're a missionary overseas and you're wanting to tell people about Jesus and they're like, wait, Jesus that just led to you people like overthrowing your own government? Like, because they don't quite get the full context of that. They just see the signs. And that's right. that's got to be so so disheartening for some of our missionaries overseas, as well as those of us here at home. Right, just to so I, just I think to that's, see. That's the part. Maybe I mean, there's a lot of it that hurt me on Wednesday, but that really, really hurt. Right. So yeah. it's been difficult, and we continue to process it. And as news continues to come out, whether it's um, people who've been arrested or the the news came out that a Capitol police officer had died, mm-hmm. um, we we still we still are trying to process it and really what comes next because it seems like there's something new that drops uh every hour almost so so this is an ongoing conversation and uh, i know there's a lot of stories out there about this so we've been covering it quite a bit at baptist press you can find out more over at the website Uh, amy another thing that happened on wednesday something that i think a lot of people were kind of anticipating because we talked about it a little bit before the break was a a joint meeting of the national african-american fellowship officers as well as the seminary presidents uh, with Dr. Floyd and Dr. Greer, uh, SBC EC president and SBC president, respectively. Uh, they met on Wednesday afternoon in a video conference call uh, over some statements that we've covered here on the podcast going back and forth on the compatibility of CRT and intersectionality along with the Baptist faith and message. This meeting and, and the story MVP kind of covers this was actually happening while the incidents at the Capitol were unfolding. And uh, it, it even points out that they had a moment where they all stopped what they were talking about and took and just took some time to pray about about what was going on. And so that really made, I think, Wednesday probably a, a really heavy day for those who were involved. This was a meeting that we, as you said, had had announced would be coming because the Council of Seminary Presidents had released a statement affirming the Baptist faith a message on its 20th anniversary, but then went on to address something that had been discussed. And like you said, it was the, the compatibility of critical race theory and intersectionality with the Baptist faith a message. And the reason that they were addressing that or that they used that, that language is because our seminaries commit to teach compatible with the Baptist faith and message. So that was why they, as leaders of the institutions, were making a statement about anything that in, in terms of compatibility with the BFNM. So that sort of set this up. Then, of course, we had the response from the National African American Fellowship that had come out in sort of an open letter. And this meeting came on the heels of that. So, uh, it's a good, it's a good story. They issued a statement together. And then there are some quotes from participants, from Marshall Osbury, from, uh, who leads the Af- National African American Fellowship, Danny Aiken, who is the chairman of the Council of Seminary Presidents, as well as Dr. Floyd, um, JD Greer, Frank Williams, who's also part of the NAAF. Um, so it's, it's helpful and it gives a nice overview of what that 
of what that conversation was like for them and just shows their sort of commitment to stay in conversation. Yeah, and and I think, you know, it's kind of implied in the story. This isn't a, a finite end to this discussion. They talk at the end about how, uh, you know, these conversations will keep going, will be an ongoing conversation. So uh, our hope and prayer is that, you know, we'll continue to grow and continue to, to converse and continue to to work through uh, some of the, the questions that have been raised. So uh, I'm thankful for our leaders, thankful for their commitment to the scripture and to one another. So uh, the full story and full statement over at Baptist Press. Amy, it's the first of the month. You know what that is? CP. That's right. And I, I don't have very good news, Amy, on the CP side of things. Uh, CP right. came in just over $13.75 million, uh, lowest month we've had in about four years from back in 2016, I believe. December is always a low month. So I kind of expected this. I mean, if you look back, the only reason December may be a, a big month or say, you know, budget meeting month, it's typically if it has five Sundays. So it just doesn't really work out usually. So December is always a low month. We'll bounce back up in January. That's kind of the, the way things have gone. If you look back over the trends over the years. So I'm not too concerned about that. We are a little bit below budget this year. The budget is around $47.5 million. We're around 45.5, but I do think uh, the, the opportunity to make that up is coming. The good news though, however, Amy, designated gifts are way up uh, because of uh, we talked a little bit on the previous times that we've talked about this. And, and even last week, I think in our, our questions for 2021 was uh, some of these big gifts that have been given to IMB in celebration of their 175th year that has buoyed designated gifts. They are 16.83% higher this year where we are than they were last year. So uh, good news on the designated giving front as we, we hit into uh, kind of that, that time where we'll see all those Lottie receipts come in here at the end of the year. So be on the lookout for that at the beginning of February. I do think uh, we'll bounce back, no problems in the cooperative program giving as well. So uh, kind of keep an eye out on that as we move into 2021. Uh, but, uh, you know, we'll bring that to you each and every month here on the podcast. Uh, some news from South Carolina, Amy, some, some really disheartening news over the Christmas break. We, we didn't have a show to really bring this to you over the Christmas break. Had a couple of big news items that broke though, but uh, Calpin's First Baptist was kind of gutted by a fire uh, the weekend after Christmas. Yeah, this is really sad. So it was on the day after actually, December 26th, and uh, the fire really just went through the entire buildings, had engulfed the whole thing. They were not able to save the sanctuary or the education building because of structural integrity. They did uh, stop it from spreading to so the Family Life Center. It was okay, um, but really difficult, huge loss to the church. Um, it was founded in 1878. It has quite a history. Now, it had there was a fire another time in 1987 when there were some renovations happening, but um, it was not a complete loss and they were able to reopen a f couple of years later. But now, you know, it's the, the building is completely, as far as the sanctuary, it's just not salvageable. So I think that that's just really tough. You know, there was a, a personal connection here. So uh, Calpins is very close to Spartanburg, which is where Keith is from. And, and where his family is. And so his brother had uh, been involved at First Baptist Calpins, and he put some pictures on of some things with their family there. And so I think there it was really, really tough. Also, historically, that's a church where Bertha Smith yeah. um, had was, was from. So and she so was there's sent out a, from, yeah. 
Right. And so there was a real historic connection as well. Um, great missionary hero. So it's always really tough. There's a great quote in there from the pastor uh, who just said, that's not the church. That's a bunch of buildings. The church is meeting tomorrow. That's what he told the congregation. Um, and that's what exactly what they did. They held, they still held their services on the 27th at, um, a, at a local high school, but, uh, they'll be coming back actually this weekend to the Family Life Center for their services, and then they'll they'll plan to rebuild. But still just really tough, so uh, definitely need to be in prayer for them in, uh, an, in a loss like that, just emotionally and everything, the displacement. Yeah. So Yeah. I was the one that actually wrote this story because I was one of the few that were working after Christmas, and I had a chance to talk to Kermit Morris, and he, he you know walked me through everything that had happened. Just a heartbreaking story. Uh, but his leadership in the, the days after that were just magnificent. I mean, he, he said the right things, did the right things, and was leading well. So uh, I want to put a shout out to a uh, friend of the pod. I'm going to make him friend of the pod, Kermit Morris. He also sent me this this picture, Amy. I don't know if you can see it. I'm putting it up on the, the Zoom right now we're recording on. But uh, the wow. Lord's Supper table, he sent me a picture. The Lord's Supper table was under a bunch of rubble and unscathed. Basically, it has some smoke damage on it but like it survived the fire this massive raging fire and if you look at this thing you go well i you know get a little elbow grease to that thing clean it up it's good to go it's amazing how those those kind of things transpire whenever you had these big fires these pieces of furniture like that or a cross or something uh you know sometimes survive those kind of things kind of neat kind of neat so uh kermit we're praying for you and your church there in Calpins and uh, looking forward to, to hearing how God is going to use this to influence the area around them. They, they really had a, a huge opportunity. He told me uh, to really influence the community and show them, you know, how God's going to provide through this. So uh, I'm really excited about what's next in the future of first Calpins. And uh, thank you, Kermit Morris for your leadership over there. Some other news over the break, Amy. Lifeway finalized the sale of the Ridgecrest Camp and Conference Centers. Yeah, this kind of th- this was a, a an on break piece of news as well. So it is has gone through with the Ridgecrest Foundation. We've covered this in the past. So this is really just kind of putting a cap on it, and um, it will continue to serve as a conference center. And there will be summer camps there. So really for the attendee, this really could be something that we see very little difference. It's just in who the owner is. Yeah. So Southern Baptist should not notice too much difference. Like you said, I, I even got an email since we went to family camp this summer. I'm on the email list now. I got an email list or an email this week just stating, hey, here's what we've got going on. Summer camps, they're filling up soon. So book those. And if you want to do, you know, father, son or mother, daughter weekends there, here's where they are. So, I mean, it's business as usual over at Ridgecrest. So, uh, wishing them all the best in the future. And also, I mean, if you get a chance to go, go, you know, send your kids to Ridgecrest, to Crest Ridge, whatever. Right. And Art Sneed is continuing there. Correct. So that just, you know, I, I think we'll see very little change. Um, and a lot of people who, have a heart for Ridgecrest. It means a lot to them have come together to do that. So I'm excited, especially being here in North Carolina, that I still have the ability to go there because I love Ridgecrest. Yep, absolutely. All right. Some sad news, Amy. Southern Baptist pastor and leader Fred Wolf 
passed away over the break. And uh, from COVID-19, Fred was 83 and was the longtime pastor of Cottage Hill Baptist Church down in the Mobile, Alabama area, planted Luke 418 Fellowship uh, about a decade or so ago and uh, had retired from that. It was Pastor Emeritus there. But really sad news to hear about Fred Wolf uh, passing away this past week from complications due to COVID-19. Yeah, and we've had this. We've had some some pastors who have died of COVID, but this was probably the one that I, when I heard about it, I, I really knew who this was. Now, I've not ever gotten to meet Pastor Wolf, but I do remember him from SBC annual meetings and seeing him around. So definitely was a real presence and very, very committed Southern Baptist. And I, and I love how he, you know, finished, finished pastoring at Cottage Hill Baptist Church, you know, for 25 years. And then he turned around and he planted a church. So I think that's, that's a really neat kind of special thing. So very sad. We uh, hurt for his family and his church and definitely praying for them. Absolutely. I had a chance to, to spend some time about a day or two with, with him back three or four years ago and really enjoy that time. So uh, many of you may recognize, like we said, Fred Wolf, he's been involved in the SBC, ran for president once upon a time back in the mid nineties. So uh, we do wish his family and the the church family down at both Cottage Hill and Luke 418 Fellowship uh, all the best at this time as they as they mourn the loss of a, of a good friend and a, a pastor's pastor, as he was uh, referred to in this article. Uh, some good news, Amy, from Alabama. Judson College, I think we may have talked about this, may may not have, uh, before the break, but Judson College was kind of in a pinch down in Alabama. Uh, it's a Southern Baptist college, all-women's college, down in Marion, Alabama, and they were kind of up against the wall, needed a half a million dollars by the end of the year to be able to open for the spring need another million dollars by the end of May to be able to carry on the legacy of Judson into another school year. And thankfully, they surpassed the $500,000 goal with a couple of days to spare in 2020 and have moved on to uh, almost surpassing that extra million that they need. They've they've gathered another $880,000 or so, uh, so far. And it just a, a good thing for Judson. I mean, Judson was kind of on the brink there and they've hired a, a consulting firm to come in, help them with uh, the future plans for the school. So uh, some good news out of Alabama, the Judson is still afloat and still moving forward. Uh, I had a chance to talk with the president of the college down there at one point, as well as their chairman and trustees and uh, really impressed by, by their commitment and their leadership uh, to keeping Judson College on the right path for the future. So I uh, wish them all the best in that, but a good report and follow-up from our previously mentioned story on here. And then uh, some news up in Kentucky, Amy, the Western Recorder is ceasing its publications. I saw that. That's real. It's always sad for me when a publication stops. So it looks like they're going to continue to have an issue for the annual meeting of Kentucky Baptist Convention, and it will be called the Western Recorder, but in terms of a regular publication, that will not continue. And so uh, those are always valuable resources for historians, you know, looking at what was reported at the time. So it, it will continue on in research and things in the, in the archives because they, they told a story for decades and decades and decades, but uh, very sad to see that end. Yeah. 195 years, Amy. 
It's incredible. That's, that's, a, that's a long time. That's older than you. That's right. That's also older than the the SBC. Yeah, that's right. So a few of our so, papers, like the like the biblical recorder in uh, North Carolina, the Baptist and Reflector, which at one point was the paper was the Tennessee Baptist, but still, um, yeah. that's you can really get into some archives with those papers because you see, because uh, a lot of states they existed at the state convention level before, mm-hmm. and they participated in the Triennial Convention. Before the SBC, yeah, did so like the you know, the Christian Index? I think was that old too. I mean, it was at one right. point. I think it was the oldest running uh, publication. So uh, yeah, wow. Well, that's going to do it for our news this week, Amy, and bring us to my favorite part of the week this week in SBC history. Amy, blow our minds. All right, we're going to go back to 1957, and uh, it's a Baptist Press issue of January 6th. The story's a little ways down. It says, 22-year-old mission check found in files. And then it begins with the proceeds of a 22-year-old check to the Lottie Moon Christmas offering reached the Southern Baptist Convention treasurer's office the other day. The $65 check was forwarded by the Baptist General Convention of Arizona. It had been sent in April 21st, 1934, to be used in China by a missionary, Miss Floyd Hawkins. And for some reason, it had never been mailed. And so Miss Hawkins, I guess, was expecting the check, and she assumed it had been lost on a ship or an airplane, whatever. And by this point, by 1957, she had already gotten back from the mission field and was teaching school in Phoenix, And the check was discovered by a college student helping the Arizona Convention move their records into a new building. And the Phoenix Bank that where it was written said the check is still good. So they sent it. They got it to Miss Floyd Hawkins, who was um, was teaching at a school in Phoenix. And she cashed the check and sent the whole sum to the Lottie Moon Christmas offering because that's what it had been intended for. So it's a pretty cool story that this this sat here some for some reason was never cashed, but it still went to uh, the mission of sharing the gospel of Christ overseas no matter what. And uh, so people were finding checks, cashing checks, making sure that that money 22 years later got to where it needed to be. And they were all doing it this week in SBC history. Yeah, it was sent by the Pony Not So Express. That's right. Yes. Took it just it took quite a while. Yeah. It it reminded me, it reminds me of that West Wing episode. Do you remember where I do where the letter the arrives letter was the and about in, Eisenhower's uh, inauguration. No, Roosevelt. Like it uh, was Roosevelt, Roosevelt, Roosevelt I think. Right. In Pittsburgh. Seen him in Pittsburgh or something like that? Yes. And it was like a ch- the the man he was a child and it had slipped behind a a wall or something like that. I can't remember. And so then when it got found, it was sent to the White House and it took him a while to realize this letter is not to this president. It's to another president, but the man was still alive and they brought him in. It was, that's a great episode. I may have to watch yeah. that this weekend. Amy, they're all great episodes. They are. They are. I, over Christmas, I think I told you this, I yeah. watched all the Christmas episodes and I loved mm-hmm. them. All right. Well, thanks for that, Amy. That's kind of a neat story. Uh, I wonder if there's any checks that we'll find in 22 years that were made out for you and me. Uh, I doubt it, though. 
I don't think so. But I think if we find, if they get found, I think we should commit right now that we will send them to the Lottie Moon Christmas offering. Absolutely. We will. Yes. We want to be just like her. That's going to bring us to our resources of the week. Amy, your resource of the week is? All right. So my resource of the week is actually, I'm going to have to stay with the Christmas theme for one more week. Because of something I found. And while I th- I hope this is helpful to everyone, I'm actually sharing this resource for one listener. And that's it. Uh, I want I, I want this resource to, to be shared with Trevin Wax, who is a good friend of the pod. I saw a tweet of his over the holidays where he was commenting on something he'd never noticed before in the movie It's a Wonderful Life. And that is that Mr. Gower, the druggist, gets the telegram that his son has died and his son had died of influenza in 1918. That's when it's that's when that scene was set. Mm -hmm. And so it's the first time like Trevin realizes this is during the pandemic of 1918. And I noticed that and thought uh, or I saw the tweet and thought I've never paid attention to that either. And that's my favorite movie to watch every Christmas. I watch it on Christmas Eve. Well, I discovered we're not going to debate that here. I'm just going to tell you you're wrong. Um, but we, I discovered a book that I got on Kindle, and it's called The Essential It's a Wonderful Life, a scene-by-scene guide to the classic film. And, oh, my goodness, it's incredible. It breaks down every scene and points out all those little things. And I love it. And I thought, I need to tell Trevin about this. And I thought, nope, I'm going to make it my resource of the week because there may be other people who love It's a Wonderful Life, too. And I'm sorry if you so, do. So if, uh, I know it's it's not timely right now. We're going to have to wait, but I'm going to, I highly recommend it. It's really an easy one to get on Kindle because it's not, I mean, it's not, it, you look at it like while, maybe while you're watching or things like that, but but it's pretty cool. And I think this author has done one for Casablanca as well. Oh. But it gives kind of an overview. And then it starts to point out certain things and tie characters together and little details that Frank Capra put in that you might have missed. So I, it's a pretty cool book. So, but yep, on that's Casablanca, it. I've never seen that. So it's on a list for me to watch. I've got a lot of old movies that I need to watch that I've never seen before. And that's on the list. I watched Citizen Kane for the first time a couple of weeks ago. Rosebud. And, and Casablanca, um, North by Northwest. I haven't seen that one. Um, but you know, a bunch of the, the that, movies from back North in the by day. Northwest. That's your favorite Hitchcock. Yes. yes. North by Northwest is one of my favorites. That's my favorite and, Hitchcock. And you know so what good. my favorite is. So, so, so good. Rear Window. That's my favorite Hitchcock. Rear Window. But I haven't seen North by Northwest. So yeah. we'll have to see if it, if it takes over. Yeah. But I love the window. Wow. One of my favorites. So, all right. Well, cool. My resource of the week, I don't have a specific one. It's just a generic, a Bible reading plan. It's the first of the year. Folks, if you're going to be committed to God's word this year, you need a plan. You need a, uh, like a a disciplined plan. So find a, find a reading plan. Doesn't matter which one, just find one and do it. And it doesn't have to be, one that is like all in one year, you know, the yes. entire, it could be a two could or three year New plan. Testament thing, whatever. Right. Yeah. Anything. I'm doing the McShane reading plan this year, but in the past I've been doing the, she reads truth Bible where you go through. There you go. That's and I just, one. and I just let the, she reads truth Bible. I just didn't worry about, I've got to get this all done within a year in the past. I just would kind of 
go through the plans for each book that's at the front of them and you can check it off and you read, you know, other passages, things like that. Um, but yes, I, I, I really appreciate that encouragement that we all should, should just find one. Yes. So if you have a Bible, especially if you have a new CSB from Lifeway, there's going to be a Bible reading plan in there. If not, I mean, Google or Bible.com or the Bible app on your phone. There are so many reading plans. And I, I just encourage people, you know, if we're going to be a people of the word, we need to be in the word. So my encouragement is a Bible reading plan. Just find one and use it because it'll be good. All right. Well, that's going to do it for us this week. Again, Amy, it's good to be back kind of in our normal routine, our normal news podcast mode instead of the uh, the year ender and the, the year preview that we did the last couple of weeks. It's good to be back into that. And I uh, want to thank our sponsor again, Southwestern Baptist Theological Seminary. Go visit our friends over there at swbts.edu. And Amy, I'll see you next week. See you next week. See you next week.